Listen to Sports Day in the D, 88.3 FM, The Grizz, live from Oakland University. This is John Ott, here with you on the January 24th show of 2013. Got a lot to get to on today's show, and in terms of breaking news, we really got to hit it with the Titus Young comments and what he's voiced for his displeasure and his feelings that he's had for the Detroit Lions. So we're going to do that immediately after the break. But as far as the rest of the show coming up... The Detroit Red Wings have played their first three games of the season, so you'll get my analysis of where they're at so far and where they might be continuing to head as the shortened season progresses on. And as far as sports go, you know, there's been a lot of changes, talking about basketball and hand-checking, talking about the possibility of football not having kickoff returns, and just the way things have changed since you've watched sports since you've grown up. Are you a fan of all these changes? We'll talk about that. And then at the end of the show, I'm going to bring about your attention of some things you should know if you're a sports fan. Coming back in from the break, this is John Ott, Sports Day in the D. Lions are next. Sports Day in the D, 88.3 FM, The Grizz, live from Oakland University. This is John Ott here back with you. There's a lot to get to in terms of Lions news, as Titus Young has pretty much just posted his displeasure for the Lions and everything else in between on a Tuesday early morning in January 22nd, pretty much saying, life is what you make of it. These are some of his actual Twitter accounts that I'm looking at right now. My dreams may seem cloudy at times, but I still rise. I never play the game for dumb money. Well, three I dropped, that one I caught, the caught's with the K, and I'm a team player that just loves the football, and it's true that I could be a lot better, but with the football. I mean, look at all these comments. If you look and Google Titus Young on Twitter, you'll go exactly to his Twitter feed page, and it's just absolutely crazy. I feel like Tupac at times. Uh, who wants to do ones, then how about that? Or so, I don't know what the heck he's talking about on some of these things, but these are his actual things. So if I read it that way, it's not to make this guy sound like an idiot. This is just exactly what he's posting right now for everybody else in there to hear. And then it's a shame. With all the stuff that's been going on with Titus Young, and you talk about Jim Shorts, about him being mad that Titus Young is running the wrong routes and that he's just not playing the game the right way. And he said, now people are getting mad at me because it's a problem with my grammar. My first year I was a team captain. I showed up to practice on the on the bus two hours before the game. To be the best, you got to beat the best. Me. All kinds of stuff that's going on. It's absolutely crazy. I've never been selfish, but I'm not going to get the footballs. And if I don't get the football, I don't want to play anymore. Never have I ran the wrong route. I just put myself where the ball was going. And there's a few things that Titus Young has got to understand as he's in here with the Detroit Lions. We're not talking about just Titus Young and the Louis Delma situation with the fight or guns in the locker room or anything like that. We're not just talking about him running the wrong routes and getting chewed out by Jim Shorts. We're not just talking about him going on Twitter and posting these comments and not just saying that he's the best guy on the team and he's going to carry everything. And he does under, need to understand that he's got Calvin Johnson on his team as well. So Titus Young has pretty much been given about three or four or five chances, whatever you want to count at this point. We're definitely sitting at four or five now. That any other team in the league right now, besides the Detroit Lions, and this is a problem that I have with them, any other team in the league right now would cut Titus Young. So my question to you and everybody out there, you can get at me at Facebook and Twitter at TBU Gunslinger. Let me know what you think about Titus Young. Is it time for Titus Young to finally go? With all these situations that have been coming up with this guy, 
and you also think about Adamic and Sue as well, is it finally time for Titus Young to go? Have you finally had enough? That's the other question I throw out to you. And something else I want to bring to everybody's attention, is it just because that it's the Detroit Lions that this guy is still on the roster, that they put him on injured reserve just to say that he's not going to play, but you're not sitting there and cutting this guy? Because honestly, I really believe that any other team right now, even you think about the New England Patriots or some other teams like that, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you get a guy like this on there, this dude is gone the very same day. You're not going to stand for any of this garbage. And he's just continuing to get away with all that stuff. So what do you think? Is it just the Lions thing, or do you think that the Lions obviously don't have any receivers and they need to keep this guy around? There's just a few, a lot of questions to think about in terms of Titus Young and to see why he was still on there. In terms of my opinions of why he would still be here, honestly, I believe it's his talent. Because you think about Nate Burleson getting injured, him not playing, and you got all these other guys like Durham and Graham and all of these fifth and sixth receivers and all that that Matthew Stafford has to throw to because the only other guy that he's got is Calvin, which is by far the best player in the league at his position. So the Lions really need to have Titus Young, and even with all the distractions, he's probably still going to end up being here. And I could be completely wrong, and by the time you hear the show, this guy could be gone. But you think about all the other chances that this guy has gotten, and he's still here now, so why would they just decide to give up on him? Jim Schwartz had decided that he doesn't want to comment on it. You know, remember Dom Riola had saying the guy's pretty much an a-hole and all these other comments that you can't really speak on air, but you can go ahead and look at all that stuff, and his teammates don't seem to really you know, stick for this guy. He's just a complete jerk. And dealing with all the stuff that he deals with, you know, he's putting it all on himself, and he's putting it all on the football team. He could talk about not getting the football as much. He could talk about the fact that he says he doesn't run the wrong routes, and he might... That might be a little bit of a shot at Matthew Stafford in terms of his accuracy, in my opinion, in that regard. But when you think about it, Calvin Johnson is always the main target. If Calvin wasn't on this team, possibly it would be Titus Young to be that first-in receiver. And if you don't like it, dude, you can go ahead and play somewhere else. Because quite honestly, there will still be teams out there that are looking for your services. And if you're really not happy to be a Detroit Lion, nobody's asking you to stay. And I really don't think anybody would be hurt if you're gone. But when you go on these Twitter rants and you expect people to not see it, even though you're posting things online, and you expect people to not comment about it, you're absolutely delusional. And he's just... Going after the team, he's not spelling correctly when he posts himself on Twitter, but he gets on people that say, why are you guys going after me? <laughs> if you present yourself in the same situation to not be a professional, then people are going to call you out on it. And you can say all these things about the Lions not being where they're at and you know not drafting well and all these other problems. It's their own fault. And... Yeah, the Lions are in dire straits. You know, they went through the Matt Millen era where everything was bad. And then you got Martin Mayhew now, and you got guys like Brandon Pettigrew and everybody else. Probably maybe guys you shouldn't have drafted so early, but you did. And this is the situation you're in now. And I know the Lions are not a good team. It always seems like since we've been watching them, 
They've been a constantly rebuilding team, always on the cusp of starting a brand new franchise over. It's the Detroit Lions, an expansion team. We've had to deal with this for so many years now, and it seems like the Lions and everybody else involved in the association of it, of the Fords, Jim Shorts, the coaches, everybody involved in it, even the fans that go on there and support them, they just want to hold on to a hope that something's going to change, but yet nobody's really cutting the head off the snake, getting to where the real problem is, is all of these guys in there that constantly can't draft well with all these high picks and picking up on people that are just not very good. I mean, that's constantly been happening with Matt Millen, with Martin Mingy, all that stuff, the character that's built within the coach. You're talking about Jim Shorts and Harbaugh, and trying to fight in the handshake gate and the culture that Jim Schwartz has brought in here, it's no surprise that a lot of these players are acting the same way. And you can talk about maybe Adama Kinsu and Titus Young are in a case of themselves, and you can't always police and baby everybody, but I mean, come on, the same culture is brought in for Detroit to be nasty and bring a football attitude, and you got guys like Adama Kinsu, Titus Young, you know, stepping on people, acting a fool on Twitter, not running the right routes, just going out and making Detroit look like a complete shamble and a shame, and it's no surprise. All that stuff is just as bad. And this another Titus Young outburst is just another example of why the Lions will never get better in any of our lifetime. There's a reason why they've never even gotten into a Super Bowl, and there's a reason why they've only had this one playoff appearance since Barry Sanders has been in there from the last year against the Saints. The football culture is wrong, the players that are in there are wrong, and nobody seems to accept anything but mediocrity, because if they just build, it's okay, and it's just not going to get better with a culture like that. When we come back in from the break, it's not going to be as equally pleasing news as we talk about the Detroit Red Wings, but let's break down the first few games in the season and let you know where they're headed. This is John Ott, Sports Day in the D. Welcome back in from the break, Sports Day in the D, 88.3 FM, The Grizz, live from Oakland University. This is John Ott here, back with you. Going to get into some Red Wings now, as the Red Wings sit in three games, one and two on the season. And talk about some of the stuff you've seen so far with the Detroit Red Wings. It's not exactly what you want to see in terms of a playoff team that's going to try to go ahead and get 22 straight seasons to get into the postseason and just preserve their dominance. The Red Wings are not at that level anymore, especially if you've seen this last game with the Dallas Stars talking about how Thomas Holmstrom was there for the retirement ceremony and all of that, all these other wings coming in there of all the all-time greats. We're not in that same class anymore. But to digress into all of that, let me know what you think about TBU Gunslinger, Facebook, and Twitter. You can get at me. I'm going to go in and talk about the Red Wings and what you've seen so far. Let me know what you guys are thinking about the Red Wings and what you've seen so far. First game of the season, opening night. The Red Wings go ahead and play against the St. Louis Blues, and for the first time in a long time, it maybe depends on what age you are. Like I said, I'm 25 years old, born in 1987, so I hadn't seen the Dead Wings era, talking about the 70s, early 80s, and all that stuff before Steve Eisenman got there and changed the whole franchise of everything else around. I haven't seen any of that, but you know, the Red Wings were bad around that time, and really, really bad. So the Red Wings of now go into St. Louis, lose the first game against the St. Louis Blues six to nothing. And it wasn't just the fact that they lost six to nothing, because when you think about hockey in terms of other sports, losing in hockey six to nothing is like losing in thirty in the NBA. It's just the way that it is. You don't want to go out there and lose like that. You got absolutely blown out and you did not compete at all. 
So the Wings go out there and lose six to nothing. And the way that it was, you know, you get these injuries. You get Carlo Koliakovo gets a separated shoulder. He's out of the game. You know Nick Lidstrom's not coming back, so you really want to see how the Wings go ahead and perform on that first line. And it wasn't any good. You talk about a couple of plays in this game. Well, there was particularly three of them in the same game for the St. Louis Blues where guys get in behind the defense like Tarasenko, the really good rookie apparently for the St. Louis Blues. It's already been on a complete tear right now. He gets in behind Kyle Quincy and scores. The other guy gets in behind the whole defense and scores. The one part with Kyle Quincy and Tarasenko going, I don't know if you saw this 6 nothing beatdown on the opening night if you were anticipating to watch the Red Wings. Kyle Quincy goes in for a hit on Tarasenko. And Tarasenko just moves his stick, goes right in, makes a move on Jimmy Howard, and he makes it look incredibly easy. The kid looks like an incredible goal scorer for the St. Louis Blues forward. But still, the Red Wings made it incredibly difficult on themselves by giving up three breakaway goals just in this game. And obviously, you know, we talked about it last week on the show, and I have to bring this up again because this is some of the stuff within these three games that you're going to see all season. You can pretty much throw your head out there and say that Jimmy Howard is going to have to make 20 to 25 saves every night. That's a consistent. Getting to 30-35 might be a little bit of a stretch, but, you know, it could happen most nights. And going from the 30 to 40 range is probably... As, b- as big as it's going to be from the 30 to 40 spot, but you will see times when Jimmy Howard has to make about 40 saves just to keep his team in the game. And in that St. Louis Blues game, the Red Wings had three shots in the first two periods to St. Louis, who had just a lot of shots, double-digit shots by far, and were absolutely putting goals on the board. So the Wings were not able to go out and to compete against the St. Louis Blues, who pretty much were just one point last year away from winning the best record in the NHL. Ken Hitchcock has got these guys to play incredible defense for the Blues and go ahead and put some goals on the board. So it's probably not a game you thought the Wings were going to win, but you definitely didn't consider them losing 6 to nothing. And Jimmy Howard pretty much playing a game of battleship out there as they're throwing all these numbers and him just dodging missiles every night and dodging pucks and just having to make a bunch of saves before he's finally pulled in the third period for the the monster, Jonas Gustafsson. It's absolutely crazy, but the Wings got absolutely bombarded by the St. Louis Blues. So what do they do? They go out after a day off. They go ahead and play against the Columbus Blue Jackets on the Monday, and they're up 2 to nothing against Columbus. Columbus is getting a lot of shots, and again, you don't know where the Red Wings' defense is going to be. You know it's not going to be that great, and it's not a strength of the team. So Jimmy Howard's going to have to go out there and bail them out. So the Red Wings get a 2-0 lead, and then they go into the second period, and the game is 2-2, so you don't feel good about that. And then the Columbus scores again. It's 3-2, and Columbus has got the lead. And if it wasn't for the last few minutes in the third period, where Nicholas Cromwell absolutely hit a beautiful pass to Pavel Datsuk, then the Red Wings wouldn't even be in position to win that game. They'd blown a 2-0 lead to get to 3-2. But since Cromwell had hit Datsuk with a beautiful pass, pretty much gave him an open net, it was 3-3, and the game went into overtime and ultimately went into a shootout. And the Red Wings were fortunate once again, because once they got into the shootout, once they got into the shootout, the Columbus 
The first player, Cam Atkinson for Columbus in the shootout, goes ahead and gets a puck past Jimmy Howard, but on his way and getting the puck past Jimmy Howard's pads, he goes ahead and double taps the puck with the stick, which is an illegal move. So it goes to under review, and the goal is ultimately disallowed. The Red Wings had not gotten a goal in the first three things in the shootout, so if that goal wasn't disallowed, the Red Wings would have been only been picking up one point. But Damian Brunner goes ahead and saves the bacon for the Red Wings and gives them an absolutely nasty goal for them to win that game in the shootout with pretty much a slide under to get past the Columbus goaltender so the Wings can win that game 4-3 in the shootout. So the Red Wings did pick up both points. And then against the Dallas Stars, the Red Wings lose the game but only getting uh, one goal within the last three seconds of it in, t- in tonight's game. And you see on Tuesday and you hear this show on Thursday and all that this is where you're going to be in terms of where the Wings are going to be at, one and two on the season. The Red Wings were under siege again. Dallas is not a really great goal-scoring team, but yet they sit on the season two and one with a one nothing loss to the Minnesota Wild and wins over the Phoenix Coyotes and the Detroit Red Wings. Absolutely just hammering shots on Jimmy Howard. The Red Wings had tried really hard to hammer shots on Kerry Lutton, the goaltender for the Dallas Stars, but couldn't get anything past him and ultimately lose the game 2-1 to one, and then get another injury, which puts a lot of more rookies, like the uh, Lashoff kid for the Red Wings, out on that line to go ahead and play for the Red Wings defense. So it's they're getting injuries and it's piling up as you knew the lockout would, but the Red Wings in these first three games have given up what I believe it is now, 11 goals in three games because six against St. Louis, three against Columbus, and then two against the Stars. So you got 11 goals in three games. And ultimately when the wings are really rolling, you know, those 96, 97, 97, 98 days, the wings would be lucky to give five goals up in about three games. So you know Nick Lidstrom's not coming back. And my question to you is, do you like what you've seen from the Red Wings so far? What kind of season do you think it's going to be? You can get at me at Facebook and Twitter and let me know what you think about the Red Wings on all accounts. Because what I'm telling you is, Nick Lidstrom, as Mickey Redmond had eloquently pointed out, Nick's not coming back. So these guys need to step up. He said this in the St. Louis Blues games. These guys need to step up and show up and not pretty much leave Jimmy Howard under siege. You can't constantly be giving up breakaways because you know Jimmy Howard got pulled in that first game in that third period against the Blues. But ultimately, it wasn't this guy's fault. He's just been sitting there probably making, if I were to guess, he's played all three games, facing about 40 shots in those first two games, and then probably about 25, 30 some. You could say he's probably made about 70 saves. I would say that's about right. 70 saves or more for the Red Wings in these first three games. He's absolutely not been the problem. I mean, you see, you want to see him stop more shots, but when, in terms of the other teams, St. Louis, Columbus, the Stars, all these other guys going in there and getting point-blank opportunities, getting breakaways, just getting complete, incredible goal-scoring chances. You can't expect Jimmy Howard to go out there and save everything. So the defense really needs to keep these guys in front of them and try to do the best that they can. The only problem is I don't think these guys are skilled enough to go ahead and do that. And in terms of your scoring forwards, not really sure what Damian Brunner is going to be able to bring you, but they really expect him playing in the first line with Pavel Datsuk and Hank Zetterberg to go ahead and produce because you really want to see where the wing is going to score some goals. You know their defense is not good, and the goaltending is going to be in suspect because of the defense being so bad. You really wonder where the wings are going to be at. 
So in terms of what I've seen so far for the Red Wings, I'm not going to go ahead and sit here and throw it all under the bus and say the season's over. But you know these guys really need to improve. But my question and what I'd, something I'd like to point out is would you really be upset if the Wings had a poor season this season just to get a high draft pick to go ahead and do something? Because you think about guys like Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Datsuk who are late second-round picks, even Johan Franzen, a late pick, and the Red Wings get these guys, and they're pretty good players, really good players for the second round, I should say. And if the Wings actually had a chance to go ahead and get somebody on the first round, let's say they hit on it, because Kenny Howen and all these guys seem to be able to do that. You know, the Wings didn't get Parise and Suter, so they got a lot of cap money to spend. And if you combine that with a high draft pick, then the Red Wings could be in a quick position for a turnaround on a short and lockout season that didn't give them any more expectations, honestly, than an eighth seed in the in the playoffs in the NHL. Because who's expecting the Red Wings to do more than that? They're in dire straits. They're in need of a lot of help. You know, Nick Lidstrom's not coming back. Thomas Holmstrom retired. You know, you lost Brad Stewart. Yuri Hudler moved on to greener pastures. You lost a lot of players and combined with all these injuries that are going to be in this lockout shortened season. It's just going to be tough for the Red Wings. They have tough sledding to go through all this stuff to try to be a high seed in the playoffs. It's not going to be a realistic situation. And who's to say it would be so bad if the Red Wings just had one poor season in the short lockout season when they got a lot of money to spend and they could get somebody pretty good to turn this franchise around pretty quickly. That's where we're at right now with the Red Wings, but let me know what you think. In terms of everything else that you see in the NHL right now, the question I want to throw out to you is, where are you in terms of the NHL? Were you happy to see it come back, or did you just not care? Because the NHL center ice package is back. It was free. If you had cable, you can go ahead, especially for this week all the way until Saturday. You can go ahead and you can watch some of these games for free. And it's just, did you even care that it was back? Because now, with all these teams either playing only in their conference, you talk about all these games meaning a lot more. And a lot of the stuff is getting a lot more important. So if teams go out there and they get to a bad start, they can go ahead and put themselves in a really bad position to not make the playoffs. But when you think about other teams like the Blackhawks, the St. Louis Blues, the Nashville Predators, the Columbus Blue Jackets, everybody that's in the division with the Red Wings, the Chicago Blackhawks have been absolutely amazing on offense with Taze, Kane, and Hosa. You see one of these games against St. Louis from last night when they go ahead and take a 3-on-0 and get a goal, and they beat St. Louis by a goal, and then St. Louis going out and blasting the Red Wings and then playing a pretty good game against Nashville, winning in the shootout, and Nashville being one of those better teams. You know, they lost Suter, but they still got Shea Weber. It's just a lot different. Columbus is playing some better hockey, and it's just a lot different to see these teams go out there and be, especially the Blackhawks and the St. Louis Blues, to be the class of the division with the Red Wings. But it's a lot different for the Red Wings to be in, and it's going to be interesting to see whether teams like Pittsburgh with Sidney Crosby and everybody coming back, the Philadelphia Flyers with Claude Giroux and the high-scoring team that they got over there, What's going to happen in the NHL season? It's a lot different in terms of not being able to get as many hits in as you would like and maybe just some more fights to appease the crowd to get everybody back. But NHL is back. I want to know, do you care? It doesn't seem like the Red Wings are going to be able to pull this one out anytime soon. But those are just some of my thoughts on the Wings. I want to know what you guys think and get at me as uh, 
the season progresses along with the Red Wings and let me know what you guys think. When we come back in from the break, we're going to talk about sports in general in terms of how the rules have changed since you've been watching it on your various sports like football, basketball, hockey, and all of that. And do you care and do you like the new rule changes? John Ott, Sports Day in the D. Listen to WXOU 88.3 FM The Grizz, live from Oakland University. This is John Ott here, back with you from the break on Sports Day in the D. You know, in the previous segment, we talked about the Red Wings and how they performed within these last three games, and maybe the things have changed since the way that they've played. And I want to talk about another way of changing in terms of regards of baseball, football, basketball, hockey, everything that you've seen since you were a kid has gone through a lot of changes. Like I mentioned, I'm 25 years old. I'm not some blowhard that's going to go on the radio and say, back in the day, we used to do this. No, it's not like that. But I mean, the way football's changed in regards of the almost going to happen, maybe, maybe not, shouldn't really happen, but getting rid of kickoff returns and not having the most exciting play in the NFL happen, not seeing that kind of stuff going on would absolutely drive me crazy. You know, the Jordan rules have changed basketball a lot in regards of no hand-checking. The bad boy Pistons, Bill Lambeer, Dennis Rodman, Isaiah, all those guys, you can't go in the lane and just absolutely clobber somebody and just have that not count as a foul. Or in hockey, you're not going to see as much fighting anymore. There's no more rules for enforcers. It's more for the skilled guys and all of that. It's just a lot different from when you used to watch sports back when you were a kid. And I want to know what a lot of you guys think. And as you get at me on Facebook and Twitter, leave me a message, the short messages for Sports Day in the D and all of that. Let me know what you think. Do you really like these rule changes and the way that sports have headed to go ahead and protect people? rather than just go ahead and let them play the game. Because I have a lot of friends that tell me in terms of a friend of mine that's that I play with on Xbox Live, you know, that's a Dallas Cowboys fan, talks about how Troy Aikman would go on the Dallas Airwaves and say, you know, he's the famous Dallas quarterback, just in case a lot of you guys don't know. I'm sure a lot of everybody that listens to sports shows on here would know. But he goes on there and says to all the radio stations and the ticket in Dallas and says, these guys know what they sign up for. If you're a quarterback... And the way that everything used to be, the basic part of the opponent's defense and all of that was just to go ahead and try to knock the quarterback out of the game. And now there's just so much protection of these quarterbacks, so much protections of these players. It's pretty much they would just go out there and get the smell and salts, go right back out on the field and go ahead and try to knock them out and play as hard as they can for the team. But I'm not going to talk about in sense of babying players because I know sports are very dangerous. But in the side of what Aikman says, what I'm sure what a lot of other fans seem to understand or care about or what they would know about sports from before is that you know what you sign up for and it's a hard game. If you don't want to play football, then just go ahead and sign up and play something else. It's pretty much how everybody else should seem to think. But there's a lot of changes in regards to football. And if this no kickoff thing goes ahead and happens. You're taking away the most exciting play in football where a guy can go all the way down from 100 yards plus and go ahead and get in the other guy's end zone. He's a, he should be allowed to do whatever he wants, make any celebration dance that he wants, and go ahead and put his life on the line as a punt return specialist and go ahead and get some points on his team because that's part of the game. If you go ahead and you take that out, you're pretty much turning football into flag football. In terms of basketball, the changes with no hand checkings and all that stuff. 
I was fine with all of that because I really don't want to see people commit 87 fouls per game because they go in there and get mugged. That stuff needs to be called, and you guys really can't drive the lane if all that stuff is happening where you can go ahead and do all that. But the way that they do stuff in basketball now where finally David Stern had gotten it right and tried to get these guys for flopping because basically when someone comes within 20 feet of them, they're just going to pretend to fall and a foul is going to be called. And it's absolutely stupid for that to happen. So at least that's been cleaned up a little bit. But basketball is more of a game when you go ahead and you try to beat the guy one-on-one -on -one or go ahead and put in some team play to get a screen, get a pick and roll, go ahead and dunk at the basket, shoot long-range threes. It's more of a game where contact isn't going to happen as much as football, obviously. So I'm okay with some of those rule changes because a lot of it is just meant to speed up the game and stop people from just absolutely clotheslining somebody when they get into the lane. But for hockey, as one of these things that I don't like, and maybe you guys, you know, you're not watching hockey because of that lockout and you just can't stand to turn it on anymore, but... Hockey diehards are going to go ahead and watch hockey as long as it's on there because that's their passion about the sport they love. And I'm not just talking about Canadians. I'm talking about a lot of U.S. people that like to watch it too. You talk about in terms of Detroit, you know, this is hockey town. Talk about teams like Chicago and Philadelphia. You got a lot of good U.S.-based squads, so should be fans of the game. But in terms of how hockey used to be, you know, you used to think about Bob Probert. The late and great Bob Probert that will go out there and pretty much fight and protect Steve Eisman and Sergei Fedorov. But he was a darn good goal scoring player in his own right. He can go ahead and play a little bit more than the role of just a typical enforcer of just knocking the snot out of somebody like Ty Delmi on the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, that's a little bit different. In terms of all that stuff, now you think about the playoffs when you play in hockey. You see a lot of these guys finish their checks. They go pretty much as hard as they can to go ahead and try to just give the guy a concussion. You think about Chris Pronger, they used to be on the St. Louis Blues, who absolutely tried to level Steve Eiserman. And one of the times when Pronger had missed, Chris Pronger totally leveled himself while he was trying to get Steve Eiserman. Maybe those guys are trying to knock the captains out of the game, and you got these enforcers in there, like Darian Hatcher, they used to predict Mike Madonna and all of that on the stars. You got these enforcers out there, like Bob Probert on Stevie Y. They will go out there and protect the captains and go ahead and make sure that they're safe so that way their team can continue to stroll, score goals, and do what they need to do. And these guys just know that that's part of the game, and when they need to go down there and throw some fists, they go out there and do that. You're not going to see these games anymore like the Red Wings against the Colorado Avalanche. Talk about Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg and Patrick Waugh and all those great fights in the 90s and all that with D-Mac and Chris Draper and the Stevie Y, Brendan Shanahan, Sergey, all those, you're not going to see those great rivalries anymore because the NHL has pretty much taken a step of fighting and trying to put a stop to it. Well, you really know, a lot of these guys out there that watch this game really like to see it for the fighting. When you go ahead and you take that out there, you're really taking away at the heart of what a lot of fans want to see. And in terms of going out there and calling more penalties, you're pretty much going out there if someone basically touches somebody's skate part of the leg, they're going out there and getting called for a tripping penalty or hooking or what have you. You're really taking out some of those things because you can think about guys that used to play for the New Jersey Devils like Scott Stevens. That defenseman would pretty much, he's like the anti-Nick Lidstrom. He's an incredible defenseman. I'm not taking that away from him, but he's one of those physical guys, more as the point where Nick Lidstrom would go out there and poke check everybody and try to keep it in good position. 
Scott Stevens would go out there and just knock you on your behind and try to just go out there and take you on your game and use his physical grit to drive people into the boards and seriously break their ribs and hurt them. They're taking a lot of that stuff out of the NHL and maybe some of that with good reason. But when you're making these people go out there, these refs, and call these ticky-tack fouls in terms of barely touching somebody and getting a penalty or having players pretty much dive and having the players that dive go out there and get the power play, which is the exact opposite of what's happening in the NBA right now, it's pretty much a disgrace in the National Hockey League. And I think Gary Bettman has something to do with that. You talked about a couple segments before on Sports Indy a couple weeks ago, talking about these shows about Gary Bettman, should he be fired? And a lot of these other people going out there and saying, all the players especially too, saying that he is the worst GM you could possibly have for a sport. And he doesn't know where his franchise in terms of the NHL is headed. He's pretty much putting it down into the basement. Well, a lot of people don't seem to like a lot of those rule changes, and it's just an absolute disgrace of what you see going on in the NHL. So that's why I bring this up to all of you in terms of what I talked about, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL. A lot of this stuff has been different since you've watched it, or if you're a sports fan, you've noticed it's changed throughout the years. Do you really like the way that everything is headed? Do you really like the way it is in terms of the NFL, that the quarterback is so protected. If you go ahead and you get any kind of late hit on the quarterback, or pretty much any hit that around the head, this guy is just getting so much protection, and the players are just getting so much penalties against him, that it's going to go ahead and put the offensive team in a chance to get a touchdown, because you can't touch the quarterback. Or the way in the NBA is that you can't go ahead and you hack somebody, and pretty much take them out. I don't think there's going to be any disagreement in terms of the NBA. I think that's a lot better since David Stern has been doing all that stuff. He's been under some criticisms in terms of having certain draft picks going certain places. But the NBA and the instant replay and trying to build more of a fast-paced game is a lot better. But in terms of hockey, taking away fights and all that, have you really hated those changes from what you've seen from back to how it used to be where people would just throw down and there wasn't a force or roll. There's not a lot of that stuff going on in the NHL now. How do you feel about those changes just between those three sports? And before I forget, the only other sport that I want to mention in terms of something that needs to be changed is the dinosaur league we call Major League Baseball. I'm not just talking about in terms of the Hall of Fame where it's absolutely sketchy, because I'm sure a lot of people don't really care about the Hall of Fame unless you're about 70 years old in terms of other guys. But what I'm saying is, when you go ahead and you get in and you put somebody on the docket, and they don't get in eight times, but they go ahead and get the ninth time they were put in the docket, that absolutely makes no sense to me. I really think that baseball does need instant replay in terms of not just home run calls at the end of the game, but is this guy safe or is this guy out? You want to go ahead and you say... You need to have that the, that mystique in baseball where the umpire can pretty much decide that game. And you want to have some of this stuff just be like old-time baseball. But you think about numerous times in the playoffs, especially when the Tigers were fortunate against the New York Yankees when, like, Robinson Cano was safe at first base, but he was called out. You know, I think some of that stuff should happen in Major League Baseball. But that stuff never seems to change. Ba- Major League Baseball is always going to stay and be the Dinosaur League. And at least the one thing I liked that they changed was the having people get busted for using HGH and steroids and all of that. But maybe a lot of you guys don't. 
Maybe a lot of you guys want to go out there and you see those guys like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa hit you about 60 or 70 bombs because you don't care if these guys are juicing. You just want to go out there and be entertained. I mean, that's the only major change that Major League Baseball has made. But in terms of that, how do you feel about that since that's changed from what you've been watching? Because if there are some people that are out there that want to watch these guys hit a bunch of bombs, and I don't blame you if you do because it is entertaining to watch people knock it out of the park. I don't necessarily feel that way. I think guys should go ahead and be busted and be punished for doing some of that stuff, but I don't blame you if you saw the other direction. But what would you feel on that regard, the fact that all this stuff has changed? There's no enforcers in the NHL. There's no hitting the quarterback in the NFL, the NBA. I think a lot of those changes are better, but you can't go in and mug somebody down the lane. In Major League Baseball, they're cracking down on all the guys that use the HGH and the performance enhancing, the PEDs, that hit all those bombs. So you're not going to see guys like Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire all roided up. But what do you think about all the changes that had gone on in all of these leagues? Do you, do you miss the days of old when all that stuff used to happen? Or are you more just considerate of what used to happen now? in terms of sports. You got guys in football now that you go ahead, like I mentioned with Troy Aikman, that go ahead and say, you know what you sign up for. And that's the reality of the game. And now all of a sudden it's changed so much. So how do you feel about how sports have changed since you were a kid? Are you for all these changes or are you against them? When we come back in from the break, we're going to talk about some other sports things that you need to know about, and I want to catch you up on some sweet deals that are going on this week. Stick with me. John Ott, Sports Day in the D. Sports Day in the D, WXOU 88.3 FM, the Grizz from Oakland University. Last segment in here for the show. We're going to talk about some things I want you guys to know in terms of your being sports fans. You might be listening to the show for the first time or going ahead and listening through the sports block in Oakland University, but I want to just let you guys be aware of some of the really cool things that are going on this week into the end of this weekend and all of that. Just some things you should be aware of in terms of something you can catch for free that you're really going to enjoy. And I'm talking about NBA League Pass and NHL Center Ice. The first thing for NHL Center Ice, if you have like DirecTV, Comcast, Xfinity, any of that kind of stuff, Dish Network, all of that stuff is offered for free this whole weekend. So you can go ahead and check your sports packages channels and you'll find all these NHL Center Ice games on free. So if you're definitely a hockey fan or you're going out to check this stuff out for the first time, you're really going to enjoy a lot of slate of games and just enjoy the coverage and just see how the game is played and just really get a chance to check out what this short lockout season is all about and figure out why these games are just so darn important for these teams as they fight into the playoffs in this short 48-game season. So it's just a lot of fun to watch. But the only thing with that is NHL Center Ice is only going to be available to watch on your cable provider because when you go ahead on NHL.com and you want to go ahead and put a login to use the NHL Game Center app is what you would use on your computer or your PlayStation 3 or your Xbox 360. That does require a credit card. You can use a prepaid credit card to go ahead and it's a one-time uh, payment of $50, which is a lot cheaper than the usual price of about 170 on a season. But the cool thing about the NHL and that Game Center app and all of that is if you go ahead and you decide to go ahead and put that 50 bucks down, not only will you be able to watch every game in terms of 
everything besides the Red Wings. You can't watch the Red Wings games because it's going to be blacked out because you can watch that stuff locally. You're going to be able to watch everything else. But this $50 is going to buy you access to the NHL vault, which is really nice, which I've noticed in this NHL Game Center app on 360. I booted that up a few days ago to check that stuff out. You can watch a lot of games that are in black and white, so you can see guys like Terry Sawchuk and Gordie Howe play without helmets and watch these classic Red Wings games. Or if you're like me, you'd be interested in a lot of the Red Wings games and pretty much every seemingly important game between the Colorado Avalanche and the Detroit Red Wings from the 90s is in that NHL vault. And then when you get in towards the era of the high definition, you can watch all of those games in HD and pretty much get what you want out of it. You can watch pretty much over 900 games in that vault of classic NHL games. Talking about triple overtime games in the playoffs, just absolute bombardments from other teams, and just a lot of fights and a lot of other just classic games in the NHL. So it's really cool. The only drawback with that is you are going to have to use a prepaid card or your credit card to go ahead and get access to it. But you can watch NHL Center Ice with your cable provider, whether it be Dish, Xfinity, or any of that stuff. So go ahead and check the sports packages up to this weekend, and that would be about the January 27th or 28th or so. So the last day of this would be, so it would be January 27th would be up to when it's available to go ahead and watch that. The other thing I wanted to bring to your attention in terms of if you're a basketball fan is NBA League Pass. Now, NBA League Pass, you didn't get any of those discounts because it was a full season. It's normally $179. I'm not going to go out there and condone anybody to go ahead and pay for that amount of money unless you're a diehard basketball fan. But even then, it would be a hard pill to swallow at 179 bones. What I throw out there is if you go to NBA.com right now and you go ahead and you make a free sign-in, that's no credit card required, a free sign-in, go to NBA.com and you can go ahead and you can activate the NBA League Pass. And this is probably in due to Martin Luther King Day and all of that. But you go ahead and you get NBA League Pass free to January 27th. That's no credit card required. You go ahead and you fill out your information and then you activate a free coupon, there's no catches or anything in there, you activate your free coupon and then you go ahead and you can access the watching the games on your computer and everything else. What's really cool is if you have an Xbox 360, you can download the NBA Game Time app. So when you go ahead and you load up the Game Time app, you can watch the games also in high definition if you've got an HGTV, which is really nice. You go ahead and you load the Game Time app and you put in your username and password or your email and password that you used to sign in to NBA.com, and it will automatically open up everything for this season in regards to the games that you can watch for the NBA. And there's a lot of good ones. You know, I suggest like the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Golden State Warriors, or if you're not a Lakers fan or you love to watch the Lakers just pretty much get smashed around, you can go ahead and click on any one of those and watch it. And then the cool thing, too, is if you have the NHL app, the NHL Game Center app or the NBA Game Time app on the 360, you can go ahead and run the sports pick stuff that I was talking about, and you can play against me at TBU Gunslinger or send out a message or say you're a fan from the show or if you listen or anything or if you just like to play free sports picks against somebody that likes to enjoy making picks 
All that stuff is free. You can go out there and do that as well within those apps. So it's just a heck of a lot of fun. And you can go ahead and just catch a lot of games if you're a sports fan with the NBA Game Time app and with the NHL Game Center app. And you can get them. You can get NBA Game Time and the NBA games off the League Pass for free with no credit card required and watch all this stuff now to January 27th. I believe it goes to the 28th to about 4 in the morning. And then with the NHL Game Center app, as long as you put a credit card information down for NHL.com or a prepaid card, you can go ahead and access all those games for free on that app. But with the NHL Center Ice, you have to have that on your cable provider. So to recap... NBA League Pass is free. You can watch all those games for free with Xfinity, Dish, Checker Cable Provider. All that stuff is going to be free this week. And to go ahead and use the app on the 360 and the computer is absolutely free. No credit card. Just with the NHL, NHL Center Ice, which is the same as Game Center, all that stuff is free. You can watch that free on your cable provider. But to watch it on your computer and your Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3 and all of that is going to require a prepaid card or some credit card information. But that does give you access to the NHL Vault, which is a bunch of classic games that are worth your attention and worth the watch. You can watch guys like Wayne Gretzky, Ray Bork, all that stuff. You can watch guys like Gordy Howe, Terry Sawshuck, all of them play without helmets. You can watch the black and white games, all that stuff. It's absolutely worth your time and investment to watch this stuff for free while you can. And if you really want to go ahead and only spend 50 bucks on the season, which also gives you access to the NHL vault, it's a very, very good deal for the NHL to come back and try to get fans to say we're sorry about the lockout. So I wanted to bring that to your guys' attention just to let you know that these are some things that you really should be interested in if you are a basketball or an NHL fan that's really worth your time and you can get just a lot of games and watching this stuff in HD isn't so bad either. So really appreciate you guys going ahead and listening to the show this week. I'll be back at it next week and be posted on your listen, posted on WXOU.org, Sports Day in the D, all that stuff just to get at me on Facebook and Twitter and leave comments whenever you can because I really like making these shows and bringing it forward to you. So there's been a lot of comments in regards of Titus Young and the Lions and the Red Wings and the season so far and the way that sports have changed throughout the onset. And there's been a lot of opinions and stuff that's been thrown on today's show. And maybe a lot of the stuff I say you might not agree on, but some of these things you believe that this kid that's talking to you right now, John Ott's going to have some points on Sports Day in the Day that maybe some of these guys will go out there and listen to. Just go ahead and keep your Twitter feed up and try to add uh, Titus Young. You can go ahead and you can Google search him, see what he's got to say throughout this week, and see if Jim Shorts goes out and finally puts his money where his mouth is and goes out and says something and does something about this guy that's been given about a fourth or fifth chance to go ahead and play with the Detroit Lions. It's going to be an interesting week in regards of all that stuff happening, and I thought I would get throughout this whole show without mentioning the Harbaugh Bowl and all of that, but it's pretty much a pain to have to go ahead and see the San Francisco 49ers make it into the Super Bowl. And regardless of what you feel about Ray Lewis and the Baltimore Ravens, about his checkered past, this is going to be the last time that he's going to be putting on that Ravens uniform to go ahead and try to win a Super Bowl and get that Vince Lombardi trophy. It's going to be interesting a couple of weeks and see where all this stuff happens. But we'll definitely be back next week to recap of all the interesting things that happen in the D and 
possibly some Big Ten basketball and all of that as everything begins to heat up. So thank you for listening. This is John Ott, Sports Day in the D. And make sure you stay warm in all that bitter, cold Michigan weather that's going out there. Peace out. Have fun. Stay safe.